Hey guys, welcome to another episode where we dive deep into revenue, ops, and ABM. We have today Stefan. Hey, Stefan. Nice to see you, Romeo. Hey, hey. And we go deep into something that many people ask us, the revenue attribution, right? And it's the biggest question, where to put the money, basically? Where should we <laughs> invest? Stefan, big, big, big uh, uh, goals you have in, in, in your company, in Dream Data. I would say let's start with you telling us a bit about you, about the company, and obviously then we dive deep into, into more, more discussions and I can have the questions uh, on the way. Yeah, happy to, uh, Romeo. Um, so ever since I graduated university back in 20, early 2010, uh, I've always been working in, uh, in B2B companies in, in marketing and growth related roles. So by now I've probably failed at, at most tactics and also found a few that, uh, that works and, uh, Build a lot of experience in this whole B2B go-to-market and particularly marketing part of, uh, of the section. Then it's always been in somewhat of a startup or scale-up kind of companies. And it's always been in very, uh, very digitally focused, if not 100% digital focused companies. So my view of the world is very much biased by, by these, uh, these things. Um, today, I'm a, I'm a co-founder of a company called uh, Dream Data which is basically a uh, B2B uh, revenue attribution platform, go-to-market platform. Um, mm -hmm. We basically help our customers, as you say, understand their customer journeys and help them identify where they should probably scratch some costs and where they can put some uh, some more money. And uh, yeah, I think that's the, probably the, the quickest of warm-ups to, to my background. So, so what's your take on all this uh, Chris Walker uh, narrative with the self uh, uh, attribution or self self uh, mm, made attribution? Because you yeah, know, it's a big, it it's a big hot discussion yeah. all the time on LinkedIn about. It. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's uh, like first of all, it, it doesn't cost any money to implement. So, I would definitely recommend most companies to to implement it, to, to have another data point to, to kind of help them understand what's going on. Uh, we, uh, we tested it, uh, at dream data, the, the method where we ran it on 100 demo calls that were booked. And then we, we created a blog post where we shared our learning. So perhaps in the show notes, you can, uh, you can link to that afterwards. But I think in general, what we found and you know, it's just a sample of a hundred call, booked call, demo calls, but that was that people don't remember how they enter into your funnel because we could take kind of their journey, what they've passed through um, that we recorded in DreamNeta and then compare it to what they, they put into the, the self-reported field. And that was kind of, there's a big disruptancy between what people say. Then I think uh, that a good self-reported answer, at least for us, was kind of a unicorn. It's like one out of a hundred were useful. Uh, and the directions you get from these self-reported answers are quite uh, vague. Because it, like if somebody writes to you, 
I found you on Google. And so, okay. Uh, did you click an ad? Uh, which ad did you click? Or did you come organically? Which page did yeah. you enter through? Yeah. And so forth. So just to, so just I'm, not, to... I'm saying it's, uh, it's easy to implement. You don't lose anything by doing and you might discover something. But just don't think that it's going to be the holy grail for your company. Because uh, in more cases than not, it's not going to be that. So let's take a few steps back and, and explain <laughs> to people the the self-reported attribution. In short, it's a form with the open field where you ask people, where did you hear about us? And then yeah. later on, you would extract all these data which you maybe categorize them in different, let's say, sources, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit, why would you do that in a B2B SaaS or in a, in a B2B company versus the traditional one? and where does dream data solve the traditional problem, let's say, and the self-reported attribution? <laughs> uh, yeah, so where to start? Um, I think the self-reported, um, this is not my expert topic, but in, in my opinion, it, it can at least help you understand where your marketing stood out uh, for some people, where you did something that was extraordinary for people that they actually remember. But be mindful of what I said before. Most people don't actually remember <laughs> how mm -hmm. they, they, they learned about your company. But it, it can be uh, a, a source for, for information. I think also uh, a, a danger in it is that it, it can be very confirmation biased. So let's say you started a podcast and you spend um, tons of resources on it. Then you will risk being uh, exaggerating the impact of the podcast if one person out of a thousand writes i actually heard about you on the podcast when you could actually be spending your money uh, differently mm -hmm. then uh, if we then go to traditional ways to measure uh, i think most b2b marketers use uh, google analytics or their crm system or some kind of ad platform Mm -hmm. And all of these are exceptionally flawed when it comes to understanding a B2B customer journey. Mm -hmm. um, some benchmarks we put out last year, uh, it, it showed that the average journey was from the first touch to win an account. It was 192 days. There was more than 31 sessions involved and more than two people on every deal. And when you say these things, those tools that I mentioned before just start not working. Like Google Analytics has no clue what's going on. The mm -hmm. CRM system will capture the last session in which you converted. Mm -hmm. But what if there was five or 10 visits to a website before that conversion? Mm -hmm. The ad platform can only tell you that you spent money and acquired a click. At best, you got an email. But mm -hmm. they, they have no transparency into what happens further down six months from now. What Dream Data then does, or what our, I can just explain the concept of what we do. Um, we basically take any digital touch you have that touches your customer journeys. So that's any person on any account and anything they do. Mm. We extract that data out of all the silos uh, that they live in today and join it all into one data warehouse. And then our algorithms cleans the data and deduplicate it and organize it into uh, an account-based timeline, essentially. 
So that means that you will have any account that you deal with at any touch that is digitally available here. So that might be a scenario where you have Salesforce as the CRM, HubSpot as the marketing automation tool. Mm -hmm. You have a website, you pay for intent data, you buy ads, etc. All of that will be available in this one map. Now, that we don't catch if you met somebody at a bar and you talked about <laughs> some mm -hmm. certain product or somebody in the Slack channel mentioned you. What you have in that map that we will give you is any digital touch that you have available mm -hmm. and then mapped into one holistic picture of what's going on. So is this and, a cookie based or and, and how does the new Apple privacy uh, policy changes all this where we are trying to get rid of for, what the UTM tags that they are trying to get rid of, right? And then the cookie-less, in a cookie-less world, how would this work? Yeah, so we use uh, a cookie and tracking in in local storage as well. Uh -huh. uh, now I, I just need to see the cookie-less world before <laughs> I believe that it's there. Um, that but I think sense. what you need to remember here is in is that we are, we're in B2B. Uh, and the way our data model works is that um, every time the user shows up, we'll set the tracking. Then cookie might get deleted, but the next time you click a newsletter, we'll just re-put re the tracking right there. So every time in these average of 31 sessions, we'll just put the tracking, tracking every time you come back. And in the data warehouse, we'll write down on this day you did XYZ. Next mm -hmm. time we see you, you're back and, oh, it's another day today. Now, right, what, where did you come from, etc. So in B2B, the, this kind of that the cookie disappears is not that big a problem because you can catch that in your data warehouse and you can reset that tracking every time you interact with the, uh, the customer. Okay. So for so us, it's not been a problem that we have experienced that much. And then if I just want to can say one more thing, Romeo, then a, a, a solution like ours is not supposed to take you to 100%, but it's supposed to help you make decisions. So if let's say we catch 60 or 70% of what's going on, that's still going to be plenty enough to identify significantly poor marketing efforts or significantly positive marketing efforts. And if you didn't run in a kind of a revenue feedback loop between moving from what work doesn't work to, to what works, then your go-to-market improves uh, over time. So, Stefan, take me a little bit back. Mm, how did you guys, when you looked at this, this attribution, where, where did this, this, this problem come from? And when did you thought like, okay, now we need to find a solution for this, uh, for this <laughs> problem. And this is the market in which we want to be in and, and to solve the, the problem for, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's nice that you say it because we, we, you know, we're, we actually don't at Dream to perceive ourselves as being in the attribution market. It's, mm -hmm. it's just a feature that we have available. Mm -hmm. the, the the actual product that we offer to companies is to build this uh, single source of truth for the whole P2P go-to-market. So we will automatically keep this data model running, and then we can solve all sorts of different questions uh, for you. 
attribution being one of them, but we can, there are so many other use cases. The way uh, we got started on this problem is a bit two-sided. So I come from a B2B marketing leader background mm-hmm. where I've gone through this kind of scaling journey a couple of times. And in my last company, we went from spending zero euros on ads to spending a hundred thousand euros on ads per month. And like any, the, all I could do was to look at the, the ad spend the month, the month we spent the money and then what came in through the shop <laughs> in the same month, even though I knew that the customer journey would be six or 12 months or something like that. So the solutions out there would be super stupid, but that's all that even today still most B2B marketers have available. So the monthly so month problem. Yeah, and it's completely stupid because yeah, that yeah. cohort of the clicks you buy this month has nothing to do with the revenue you see this month. My two co-founders were getting at this problem from another side. They were responsible for the Trustpilot.com uh, product, which is mm-hmm. a really, really big uh, review site. Mm-hmm. They got super curious of in understanding from when an account is created on Trustpilot, when do we sell to this account and what happens in between the sign up and we sell mm-hmm. so they the, the core idea of what we have now made a product out of came out of that we need to understand what touches the customers right now like marketing sales cs etc once you've that gotten that figured out you start asking yourself these questions is it better that the account enters from organic search on Google or outbound or paid or whatever. And are they then more likely to churn, to upsell or whatever question you can imagine. So what we do at Dreamlet is basically to give you any account that you deal with and give you a timeline of anything that happens with this account in in any tool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at what stage of a company you think we should um start looking at this because you know one could say you know what i work in a big company i run digital media ads i look at the cac i look at let's say the ltv i could look at the customer lifetime value in one year from now and maybe i could attribute that those ads right maybe i'm using the first stuff and last touch a u-shape uh, form and then that's okay. Right? Like that's that's what I, I need to go to my manager and I need to say, look, our ads on LinkedIn, they're good. They they are bringing uh, um, revenue because look, they we we got these clients from LinkedIn ads or from organic um, search. They got some impressions from there. So at what stage um, you could say? okay, this is not enough. This is not enough to know only this. And you want to dive deep into all the touch points. So what maturity level should that company have Hmm. to start putting these questions and paying attention to to what you guys are saying, right? Yeah. um, So good question. Uh, A couple of comments. I think... Comment one is that you probably want to start thinking about it before you actually need to, to, to do the analysis. It's a bit like this kind of the best time to plant the tree it was 20 years ago and the second best is now. And yeah. what I mean by that is that 
you need some history of data to actually do some meaningful analysis. So, so there's a there's a time between when you can start analyzing and when did you start to track all these mm -hmm. different things. Yeah. So as soon as your gut feeling tells you it's about time, then it is about time. You can't wait any longer about getting the proper uh, setup, at least setup. Then uh, I would say, like if if you have uh, close to zero revenue, no visitors on your website, then <laughs> it's much better to do a, a ton of stuff than worry about how do I measure it. So mm -hmm. you need to kind of get up and running and do different things and start seeing what happens. I think the first thing you should start with is just asking yourself this question in your team. Where does revenue come from? What is it that we do? <laughs> like start building a narrative, a story about we do X, Y, Z things, and then we can make money. So the first thing is just be, be curious about the topic and always talk about it whenever you win a customer. Where did this customer come from and try to understand that mm -hmm. once you get above that level uh, that's when you probably want to start looking at uh, at this problem because there's no b2b company in the world that doesn't have this problem because journeys are six to 12 months there's like you sell to a team you don't sell to an individual there's 30 or 50 sessions involved in a deal so if you want to understand what's going on uh, and be effective with the money you spend, you have to get at this problem. Mm -hmm. And then as if I can just be a little bit uh, provocative, Rom Romeo, Please. the ones that would say we got the first touch and last touch model uh, figured out, you don't, you're, you're deceiving yourself. You don't see the first and last touch because that, <laughs> I can guarantee you're, you're, you've not, you're not wired to understand what's actually going on. So this thing about claiming that you have a first touch model figured out, yeah, you had the first touch of the last session of a conversion to an email or whatever. Correct, you, you're yeah. not even like like skimming the surface of, of everything that, that's going on. Like the so first one of the, the main consume content, let's put it this way. Yeah. Or interaction. The, the, I think that one of the main go-to-market challenges we have at Dream Data is that people don't know what they don't know. The problem yeah. is so much more severe than 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 what is understood and recognized uh, right now. Mm -hmm. Correct, correct. And um, what I I understand that okay, we on this we can get some kind of clarity of the interactions in a go to market um, uh, motion in a go to market scenario, right? So. Can you give us a little, let's, let's do a news case, right? Like let's give a, mm -hmm. let's have a scenario in which let's say I have an AI B2B SaaS because AI now is fancy um, <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, want to market out there. I go and I do a different kind of um, LinkedIn organic because everybody needs to do LinkedIn organic. I do podcasts because everybody needs to do podcasts and I run some kind of uh, webinars maybe with some demos and case studies. I maybe do some LinkedIn ads. Okay. So I do these, um, these activities. Now people come in, they, uh, I, I maybe have a freemium uh, model uh, or a, no, let's say we have a trial model. 
I have a seven days trial. You come in, you start to use my tool, you start to interact with the AI, you do few um, interactions. I have segment, I push my data to the CRM. Uh, I understand what kind of, um, let's say, usage is there, the adoption. Based on this, maybe I'm doing some lead scoring in my HubSpot CRM. So all good till now, right? Like I have all this and, and I um, might know in HubSpot my first interaction, maybe how did this person come and uh, sign up for the trial, right? Maybe they saw an ad or whatever. So now please do the same scenario, the same story. When you have dream data in place in this full journey, <laughs> and what are those data points that I have extra to what I just said that can help me make better decision and why it would be that important? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to see if I can... Uh have the whole uh, story in mind when I, when I but talk. Let's make it short, like extra things to what I said that, that are missing. Yeah. Because there are most probably some missing parts from my story. Right. So I think a component that, uh, you can say nine out of nine out of 10 accounts that we talk with miss is, uh, their, uh, their, uh, website history and product history. Now, only if you've been using HubSpot's uh, CMS as well, would mm -hmm. you have like a somewhat a clue of what path uh, did this actually start? Yeah, mm -hmm. but nine out of 10, they won't. So they will start completely blindfolded. And so if you have WordPress to... or Webflow or whatever, you're fucked. Like you don't know the data, you don't have any idea. And Dream, Dream data gives you this information. When you start using Dream Data, you get a tracking script. And the moment you install this on your website, we start first party tracking your website. So you forever sit on the tracking data from your website. That Perfect. means all journeys that come in from this point in time, now you would actually know what led to, to the conversions. Okay, why is um, this important, Stefan? Why would be this an important for the whole revenue operation team in an ABM motion? Why this data is important as a... We can try to talk a little bit about uh, it differently. Would, so if we think about the accounts that you have been winning the last 12 months, mm. which path did they take? Perfect. So that's... Would you that's like something... to do more of those things that led to the 100 accounts that you won? And would you like to take the money you spend on all sorts of crap that didn't lead to anything besides emails and put into those things that led to the customers you got? I think most companies want to, want to do that. So it's about getting rid of inefficiencies. It's about you can only spend your money once, whether you want to spend it on sales or marketing or CS. You want to put it into that thing you can do that produces the most revenue for you. So that's perfect. Emulation. We want to see what winning accounts did, guys. And then we want to emulate that. If we don't have the data, we cannot emulate it. It's like we want to be good in a shooting game, video game, in FIFA, watch Twitter. <laughs> yeah? Like watch yeah. how the big guys are playing, emulate that, use all their tricks, use all their hints, 
Yeah. And it's the same with our uh, website journey. It's perfect. We we well, have the first category. Yeah, it might be that the sales team say that the marketing team is useless, but my, the marketing might be able to see that we actually provided 80% of the accounts that you won this year. <laughs> or it might be that the sales team say, we need a huge budget to go to these expensive physical conferences. And then you look at the history from last year and none of the leads that you picked up there ever went into the sales pipeline. So you can completely scratch that budget and put into more efficient stuff. So, so it's basically about the, the vision of being as data-driven as you can. And that to be able to do that, you need to, to have an account-based data model that enables you to take any digital reflection and say, did it move on to sales pipeline or to winning deals, et cetera. That's perfect. So we have the first part. We have the website. You understand what was the journey what is the next from my scenario that i was missing and we can put in yeah, it might be let's say you then ask yourself your question uh from trial to uh, winning what takes yeah. place in this uh, this bucket like mm -hmm. how what are the good trials uh how mm -hmm. do the these accounts look like where did they come from uh, should we run webinars? Should CS touch them? Should we call them, etc.? All these things you can un understand as well because you will still have this uh, this digital timeline of everything that takes place with the account. It might be that it's certain features that people use before they start buying the product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can basically you can cut the timeline into different uh, time specs, and then you can understand what is going on in here right now. And then you can use, and like in our case, you can use then our data-driven uh, machine learn, learning model to analyze which of the touches are the important touches. So this is where you integrate with segment and you get data from segment, right? Uh, no, uh, we can use the tracking data from segment if you've been storing that. Okay. But besides that, if we say dream data specifically, then we've built our own integrations to all the tools to make sure that we get exactly the data we need from, from the different APIs. Okay, so if we have mixed panel, we can uh, integrate that into, into dream data, let's say, and get the data from the products. Okay, so how is... I, I'm, I'm just wondering about the statistically relevance part because, you know, in ABM, we have few accounts we don't have that many you know interactions and we don't have that many trials and so on because it's high value accounts right mm, so yeah. what what in that case because you cannot really learn machine learning when i don't have bunch of no 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 bunch of interactions so how do you how do you see this in a abm motion with lower amount of uh, data um, I, think, I guess in a, in like if you're an account executive in this program, you would still like to know what are the thirty accounts that you're responsible for doing. Mm -hmm. Are they on your website? Uh, are they on a review platform? Are they being exposed to ads on LinkedIn? Are they participating in webinars? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and an account executive would still, at any case, be able to go into dream data and see what is going on with my accounts so they can tailor their work uh, towards this. I mean, but you're right, Romeo, if you're in a, 
if you're one of these businesses that don't have a lot of digital touches and you just call them on your phone without using calling software, invite them to go eat a steak with you and never register that you ate a steak with them anywhere, then it's very hard to, to explain what's going on. So it is kind of, if you're here, you can talk about ideal customer profiles and <laughs> It's not an ideal customer profile for us if, if you're a B2B business that doesn't have a CRM system or stuff like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Of course, like a CRM system, it's like, uh, I suppose, the basics. But this is another cru crucial information, what you mentioned, Stefan, that the clarity, right? Like the visibility of um, the journey, right? So I am in sales and this is, I think, my biggest, uh, let's say, um, sales intelligence and powerful tool where I can connect the dots when I have a call with someone based on their uh, interactions with my uh, tool and based on the interactions with my content, right? And mm -hmm. also I can check what they did before they became uh, content. So if I'm a yeah. smart salesperson, I could connect the dots. I could connect the dots of, okay, what were the content that you were looking for before you became our customer or even our potential customer? Mm. What did you yeah. consume while you became the customer, meaning that trial, that period when you were testing on our tool? And then what impact did it make our customer success team, our onboarding team, for you to have the adoption and what mm. are the issues that you're having now so you as a salesperson can connect these dots and now have data driven data uh, data driven discussions right like i i mm. I, I know that this data driven is very uh, commonly used but in this case <laughs> it's really something that you need it's like a swiss knife that you 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 have this information and this is what you would you would uh, you would um, have so yeah now at this at this uh, at this point um what are those in, in your view like with all this ai and with all these tech layoffs and what's happening in the in the market what do you guys um, have as big challenge when let's say evangelizing this uh, whole idea of um having clarity and having visibility towards the full um, customer journey. So you can have, as, as you mentioned in a, on your website, like finally have that single source of truth. Yeah, I think for, I think the, uh, the time we have right now <laughs> really helps crystallize the necessity of a tool like this. You have to be more effective. Mm -hmm. You have to drive down your customer acquisition costs. Perhaps you're asked with skipping 50% of the marketing budget, <laughs> which half mm -hmm. is it that you skip? So we, we have a lot of uh, like people that come inbound because they've been tasked to become more effective. So they, they, they have to find solutions for this. Mm -hmm. But I think the, uh, the overall challenge that we, we face, which I also mentioned earlier, is that I think most marketers don't know uh, how far it, technology has come in terms of actually understanding what's going on because they're used to looking inside of uh, GA and being 
completely depressed because they they can't find any solutions or like in the ad platform or in the CRM system. All of these systems are letting B2B marketers down. So the, the main thing is really how can we raise awareness about uh, uh, what technology is available today? Because it can really become a place of, of huge inspiration if you get all this data extracted out of all the silos that, it, that it's in and then get it mapped into these account-based uh, journeys where you can see every touch of, of every account. Mm -hmm. So um, if, you, if you think about a, um, the, 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 this whole uh, scenario uh, where you need to drive uh, awareness, right? Because mm -hmm. you mentioned there is that audience that doesn't know what they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. Mm, so you, you guys in technology, you are doing the heavy lifting, right? Because in our case as a agency or consultant, we come in maybe, um, With an educated audience, we can go and say, okay, mm -hmm. who are the guys who are using dream data or who are the guys who use uh, CRMs and uh, HubSpot? Mm -hmm. And we yeah. are the guys who would implement things, right? Like we got more like a subject matter expertise, but we have yeah. already an educated um, audience, right? Like if, because we don't have the budget, we don't have the VCs, we don't have uh, the, uh, the capacity to, to raise that awareness, right? So mm. these two uh, need to go uh, hand in hand, I think, like the agency and, the, and, and these technology companies. Um, yeah. Now, in, in, from your perspective, also for the, for the audience that might be in a similar uh, B2B space where it, it might be in technology, could you give us some like use cases that you saw um, in, in raising awareness to a market that is in that, uh, Yohari window of, um, they don't yeah. know what they don't know. I think, uh, what has been really the, an inflection point for us was really doing some work on who's really our ideal customer profile, like mm -hmm. writing down objectively verifiable criteria of, of who is it that we want to sell to and who do we not want to sell to. It can be very painful when people show up at your doorstep saying they want to buy, but you can just see that it's a poor fit. <laughs> Then in most cases, you have to say no to them, but mm -hmm. it's really painful to do so. But on the other side, then once you decide upon who, is, who are our ideal customer profiles, like are there certain countries, certain industries, certain types of amount of employees, certain CRM systems, When you decide upon these things, then all other decisions become a lot easier. Mm. So we, for example, we sell a lot to B2B software companies between five and no, sorry, between 50 and 5,000 employees. Then if I'm thinking about marketing activities, should I be doing something that is not within this scope? No, I should not. <laughs> if mm -hmm. I'm a salesperson, should I try to be selling to an account that is outside of the scope? No, you shouldn't spend your time on it. Or if you build product, you shouldn't build a feature for somebody who's not within this agreed scope. So in that sense, just really sitting down and thinking about who is the ideal customers, who will perceive our product as valuable, renew contract, etc. 
then the rest of the decisions will follow because you can always check them up against this thing that your whole company has agreed to do. So basically choosing choosing your battles at the end of the rate, right? Like like, choosing uh, those, we, those. Most of us don't have money to boil the ocean <laughs> in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Like if you're a Coca-Cola or Nike, you can just like splash the whole world with advertising. But the rest of us has to be really careful and efficient with how we like put in the few dollars that we do have available. Mm. So now, okay, we 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 choose our bet. Uh, you choose your battles, and now what are those uh, GTM motions that you guys see that that work out, and what are those things that didn't work out? Like just to have some learnings from your own um, go-to-market campaigns. So if we talk dream data specifically, I think uh, in the early days, we were told by a lot of investors that you should do outbound and uh, select some accounts <laughs> yeah. and then write them emails and call them and stuff like that. But it was because me who had to read do. the book, right? Everybody read yeah, the book of book, uh, yeah. <laughs> predictive revenue from Aaron and now yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't look at me, who who's a marketer by background, who know those yeah, tactics, yeah, yeah. but they would still advise me to do outbound and probably tried and failed that over a period of three to six months, getting nowhere. But once we mm-hmm. got rid of the kind of like well-meaning investors that want to help us, and I started focusing on the tactics, which I knew, which was deciding upon an ideal customer profile, starting running advertisement in front of just those kind of people, then the whole inbound motion started to pick up for us because we were getting in, in front of the right people. And I felt so ineffective when I, when I was writing just one person <laughs> called outbounding when I knew that here there's a group of 50 or 100 of those people right here and I could put the same message in front of all of them at the same time. So I think the, the best advice I can give to people is to play to their own strengths and for, like stop listening to all these advices and like start looking at what are you good at and then try to... to to harvest within within the, those activities. So in the end, you guys did the outbound or? No, no, we're like almost a hundred percent inbound driven nowadays. Mm-hmm. If I don't know if you call social selling making noise on LinkedIn inbound or outbound, but uh, at least people come to our website, book demos, and sign up for free. Got it. Got it. So you guys do mainly the the social selling. I think you guys also have a lot of data that you could run some benchmarkings. Like, are you yeah. are you uh, using your own, let's say, data or that you collect for your own marketing? And if yes, how do you guys do that? Yeah, so we have we use we dog feed the usage of dream data every day. So. We know the paths people take towards becoming customers with us. So a typical exercise I would do uh, every month is look at where did the good leads or accounts that we win come from, and then try to figure out if there's any way I can do more of these activities. And on the other side, we, of course, can then go back and look at the experiments that we were running that didn't have any impact at all and make sure I scratched them off the list of, of trying them anytime as soon again. Got it. 
And you guys also do a, a podcast. Can you tell us more about that uh, podcast experience and how does it work? Uh, how, how is it taking off? And uh, yeah. what you would recommend for the folks out there that are still, let's say, hesitant with the the whole podcasting yeah. uh, motion? It's yeah, you can probably split it in two or kind of. Oh, this is definitely not a topic that I'm an expert on. Um, the podcast we host ourselves, you can call it, that's kind of a best of uh, list of all the other things we do on the internet. So we do weekly, we do one or two LinkedIn lives. Uh, and the best of the LinkedIn lives, we then republish through our podcast. We... Um, produce a few episodes that is just intended to go out as podcasts, but it's mainly just like a best off track of people who wants to consume our content uh, in other places. Uh, that said, we, we, we probably still pitch ourselves to podcasts uh, on a weekly basis as well, where we're trying to find uh, a relevant podcast like yours here uh, to, to, mm -hmm. to be on. And the reason why, and this is kind of, uh, this is purely God, uh, God feeling uh, based. So I don't know how many people would listen to this podcast, but if it's 50 or 100 people and, you know, I spend an hour talking with you and it's called the RevOps and ABM alignment, then <laughs> I, I don't have to measure that these people listen to me because I know it's, they're pretty relevant. And if I can give the first and or second impression of the dream that I brand here, then we just do it uh, because it feels right. Uh, so I think that is also like there's a lot of activities that lend themselves to being very quantitative analyzed. And then there's others you just have to do based out of your gut feeling and experience because the, it feels like exactly. the right thing to do. And um, do you guys, are you guys in any communities or any type of, uh, um, you know, groups because you know there is Pavilion, there is RevOps Core, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, uh, of that. I mean, I could, probably, you, could you tell I mean, us more a bit about yeah, those I'm, communities and if you would recommend them? If yes, why would you recommend them? How did you guys use it? Yeah, I think in, I think my Slack has I'm like in fifteen communities or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think I would more describe it as try to take whatever topic you do in your business and then write. Slack community, your topic on Google and see what shows up because it can be amazing, an amazing source of, of people that you probably want to know and talk to if they're like geeking out just on, on your topic. So I think it completely makes sense to, to be involved in these communities. We have a community for anybody who has a dream data account are invited to our uh Slack community, so people can ask questions and help each other and get support from us as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's make the audience stop for a while and uh, take out uh, uh, a paper and pencil and uh, <laughs> list down some top five communities that you recommend if they are in B2B SaaS, if they want RevOps and, a and ABM, where should yeah okay uh, i can just go look oh i'll just open my slack here and i'll tell you which ones i'm cool. in uh there's uh, <laughs> there's the dream data slack community you can join that but then i'm in a pavilion as you said uh, the paid pavilion that's quite mm -hmm. good i'm in one that is called sas uh, nordic community 
mm-hmm. I'm in uh, marketing ops professionals. And okay. then I would even recommend there's one that is called driving demand. And there's uh, also a community that's called demand community. <laughs> so I think there's, there's, there's so many out there. And I think you just need to, to head to Google to find the ones that are relevant to, um, to whatever business that you're in. I would also recommend RevOps Co. So if you're in, in RevOps, that's, I didn't know uh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. RevOps Co is uh, for obviously RevOps uh, folks. If you are yeah. in, um, in HubSpot and you are into HubSpot, they have more like a Discord community, but they yeah. have a really good uh, Discord community for uh, HubSpot that I really like, recommend uh, to, to try. Super nice. Yeah. So um, I believe that uh, communities are something that uh, will, will will drive the future because there is yeah, where absolutely. we can we can learn from each other, right? And it's this is all about learning, right? Like uh, constantly from each other. Great, Stefan. For closing, where can people find you? What are you posting about on, on LinkedIn? <laughs> What are your topic of interest? Uh, what can uh, yeah. people find on your uh, LinkedIn account? Yeah, I think the obvious question is, yeah, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to answer any questions that, that you have. Um, I write about anything related to B2B marketing in general. Sometimes it's also a little bit about how it is to be mm-hmm. a a co-founder and CMO of a company, but it's in that sphere of, uh, of B2B marketing. And I, I post on a typical week, I post three to five times. So <laughs> there's lots of and, uh, mm-hmm. posts that you can go like. I'll appreciate that. And usually uh, I like to also ask the question of where can people actually meet you in person like where are what are those conferences that you usually go for where people can actually um, actually meet you and some conferences <laughs> that you would recommend uh, so, so i'm not the biggest conference person but that would it would probably be uh, sester uh, in uh, mm-hmm. the european one and then there's i think we'll go to inbound in uh, september that hopspot hosts uh, as well mm-hmm. And then probably be at the uh, Take Barbecue, which is uh, Take Barbecue in uh, Copenhagen, right? Copenhagen, yeah. I I live in Copenhagen, so it's easier for ah, me if you want to meet me to, to go there. Yeah. Then, yeah. Great. So we have Saster inbound by HubSpot, which is in Boston uh, in September. Are you going there? And uh, uh, also uh, Tech barbecue which is also in september but in uh, copenhagen great mm-hmm. so guys if you want to meet stefan and dive deep more into revenue attribution cmo topics any type of um, customer journey if you have these kind of uh, challenges stefan is a great resource join the communities that he mentioned about and start actually from the beginning, collecting data, because um, when those users that will become customers um, actually sign up and uh, they start to use your tool, 
all this data is revealed for you and then you can emulate, right? And you can repeat that and you can learn from those processes. If you don't have that data, it's really, really hard to uh, actually understand what's happening. It's like trying to go uh, on hiking up on a mountain for the first time and uh, not having a map. And then you go again to the same mountain and, and again, you don't bring your map and it's like deleting your memory uh, on the same uh, trail. So if you have these data points, then you're actually making that map. And not only that you're making that map, but you're remembering, right? And mm -hmm. then you can, um, you can be much more efficient on, the, on that journey. So thanks a lot, Stefan. Um, and Thank you, Romeo. We are in touch. Uh, we, will, we will share with you the notes and everything. And see you guys in the next episode where we dive into the obvious RevOps and ABM for you folks. Take care. Bye.